Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Horror Bites on Safebury, the show where we highlight short indie horror games and the people who make them. I am digital camping enthusiast Neil Bolt, and joining me as ever is Lord of the Lake, Jay Krieger. Hey man. This week we're delving into a story of strange siblings and stranger rituals. Uh, then we prove we've learned nothing from all these horror bites by willingly investigating strange things in the woods. These games can be found on Itch.io, and if you play them and enjoy them, Make them happy little games by helping the developers out with a few coins here or there, or maybe even just following their project. Jay, we begin, as per usual, with your selection for the week. So my pick for this week was Lakebound from developer Godbird, which is a god-tier developer name, if there was one. And with Lakebound, it's another visual novel. Uh, I've been on somewhat of a kick of the... uh, Yeah, the roles are reversed. I know, dude. (laughs) Well, with you being the host, and then I was like, oh, maybe we got to change up the roles in that regard for selections (laughs) and whatnot. Um, But no, I definitely um, have fallen in love with these visual novels and continually am seeking them out. And I think a big part of it, too, not to get too far ahead of myself, it's just that when you start looking a little bit more at the specifics of a game jam that these are being submitted to and yeah. seeing the types of you know, permutations or whatnot or the sort of guidelines, um, I'm really interested in just seeing how people are, are able to take either unique storytelling perspective or sort of the gameplay or interactivity piece of a visual novel and making it adaptable to that theme. Yeah. Um, we saw that, you know, with um, a previous episode with Raspberry Wine, right, which kind of had this uh, role reversed, which then had you playing as a detective and whatnot. And that featured or factored into the gameplay of it just as much as the narrative. Yeah. Um, but with this week's pick, Lakebound, which was a submission for Scream Dunk Game Jam in which two siblings are faced with difficult decisions in the face of a mysterious trial one of them must undertake. So I would say that this one is much more dark fantasy than traditional horror, Yeah, I think, because a good deal of the narrative is alluding to something sort of ominous that maybe is going to happen, all pertaining to the trial that this brother and sister are either being prepared for or one of them has already gone through and succeeded and whatnot. So yeah. it 
feels almost like a film in that regard, the way in which it kind of dances around this strange ritual or trial in these things and the sort of anticipation that these characters are feeling in the buildup to that while the player themselves is in the dark. Um, I would say that what stood out to me the most about Lakebound, and it's probably why this resonated with me so much, considering what I've been talking about visual novels, I've been really interested in how the UI factors into things yes. for the visual novels themselves, rather than sometimes the storytelling itself. And with Lakebound, it has this really fantastic sort of uh, like ripped paper aesthetic for where text pops up. So it feels like it's pages that have been ripped out of a journal. And then you've got this kind of cursive writing on it for the different options that factor into the sort of choose your own adventure nature of this. Mm. Um, so in that regard, like the UI looks really great, very immersive. I would say also that the, just the drawings in general, the, you know, the environments or even just the characters themselves, really, really fantastic art style. Um, that again, you know, it's this fantastic blending of just personable writing with an artistic aesthetic that really does elevate everything that's happening. Cause I've said it before on the show, like I'm not crazy about fantasy to mm. be honest. And, you know, I picked this one mostly because I was drawn to the artwork of it. Yeah. And I think that that's why I was sold so much on this story from the jump, because, you know, it's very immersive in getting you into the world of this character trying to uncover what is actually going on in their sort of reality. Um, and I would say that I was most impressed after the sort of aesthetic of Lakebound. I was really impressed with the amount of endings that this game has um, because that factors into the fact that when you're going into different areas, you have a multitude of choices for whether you want to investigate certain things or go to another part of the mansion that you're in. And, you know, I didn't find that any one ending sort of dissuaded me from wanting to go back, right? If anything, if I hit sort of like a dead end, I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of a foolish decision, but I was so engrossed with the world and figuring out the root of the mystery hmm. that I immediately wanted to go back. And I would even go to some of the same rooms that maybe had resulted in an early ending. But, you know, then I was, of course, going to go with one of two other options that were available. Um and yeah, you know, I would go back to the art style again. Like there's not only these really well-drawn character models, but the environments themselves in the background do a great job of setting the stage. But then they also use this almost like a, like a child's chalk drawing aesthetic that comes up periodically with the different types of uh, books that you're either going to be uh, reading through to get different facts about the sort of clues, I suppose, that lead to what the trial could be. Mm. Or just at the same time, like, a children's representation of something mystical or horrifying, right? So it's kind of vague in the sense that you're never really explicitly given answers about what certain things may or may not be, but through the child's drawing and using that a little bit more, uh, I suppose, childish art style, yeah. um, it does a good job of just conveying a child's mind and their perception of this dark fantasy world. Um, and, you know, the dark fantasy nature of it really does come from, I think it's like a, you have the cyborg maid basically. Mm. And then when you meet your sister, the sister basically kind of looks like the final fantasy mage from one of the old final fantasy games. Uh, um, where the, yeah. Where you've got this like big hood, you can't see their face, but they got these big glowing eyes and everything. And yeah, I'm really curious how this one uh, went for you because I think that it kind of felt like 
a culmination of a lot of factors of previous visual novels that we've played, but factored into one singular package. Yeah, uh, there is definitely that, isn't there? Um, expectations being set early on, it was a good thing here, because reading the description page, and yeah, they were like, yeah, while it was developed for a horror-based thing, it's mild horror, but you know, it has that lovely singer. But to be fair, it's mostly just depressing. Which yeah, is like, <laughs> which is very accurate. <laughs> it was like, yeah, well, you know, it's like, then you still made horror. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, um, what I, I like about the early going in this game is that there's a lot of detail in what they're saying and like building up this world without really giving too much away about it. Yeah, you know, it's just by sort of going into the personal situation of these characters and this trial that's coming up like that rather than going too much into the rest of what's existing it, it gives you enough explanation whilst retaining a sense of mystery beyond the obvious mystery like that i mean if anything that starts to be unfolded very early you know in terms of like this trial pretty much is gonna see you doomed and you've got to kind of figure a way out to not be doomed in it if you will like that and um yeah the as a result the choice system feels very organic i suppose really you know you you go through it in a way that doesn't feel like you're being forced down a path and one of them early on again is uh where you know about walking in the woods and you're like you get further in and it keeps kind of hinting that idea you shouldn't really be out here you shouldn't go here like that and when you go deep enough you know you get a very smart use of the choice system in text where it's just like 20 different options just all saying run 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 like that stuff like that and you normally you would expect that to be like a, a, an ending and the end of the game like but it turns out you know it's just a way to go back to what you were doing uh, and yeah i like little touches like that you know it's um definitely got i want to say a young person's sort of vibe to it because some of the uh dialogue is very um it reminds me of being in my 20s where I would like just want to include everything I really like, you know, in there. Like, yeah, you know, so, that, you know, there's a couple of nods to stuff like anime, which kind of seems ill-fitting in this world. But at the same time, you're like, well, you know, anything's possible because we don't know enough about this. And it's fine. It, and it kind of works out. There's some referential humor, too. Yeah. It's very uh, contemporary, right? I think that that's what... I think that the humor, which I'll give an example in a minute, like the humor probably wouldn't have worked for me as much if it was not clear that you're playing from the perspective of a child mm. or a, you know, a young person. Um, and, you know, they reference like um, to get through this, I'll need the power of God and anime on my side, which is like yeah. a meme. And then there's even just like a comment about. I think it's when you choose not to take your medication. It's like, no, nah, I think I'd rather just go through raw dogging life, <laughs> uh, you know, like just little comments like that and things that, you know, are more indicative of uh online culture if you will whether yeah. it's memes or just online millennial slang i suppose exactly and i think it's nice to sort of view fantasy or even horror through the, that lens that you can yeah. have um you know, meme culture especially just sort of coming through and being integral if you will you know i was sure recently started reading um the uh there's a novel by paul tremblay who did you know head full of ghosts and um what would become Knock at the Cabin, the, the Shining mm -hmm. film, and yeah, you know, The Disappearance at Devil's Rock, that's the film, the yeah, book I've been reading. You know, there's, early on when they're describing this teenager and there's a lot of um, 
you know, very on the nose references to things kids like, like yeah, very in depth things about Minecraft and servers and things like that, and like stuff like Adventure Time, and it's all. It's like you get it that it's scene setting, but at the same time you're very aware that it's been written by a man who's not a child in our modern era, that sort of thing, you know, sure. like that. He has an understanding, probably secondhand from his own children, but mm. yeah, here it feels bit more first-hand you know like i was saying it there's an eagerness to get it in there because they know there's something that's kind of bursting at the scenes yeah they're just bursting to get it all in there um but also having some creative restraint to just try and let the story tell itself with its own details as well and as a result i think it just it works because of what i said earlier where you know there's an ambiguity to the outside areas of this world that means you can kind of fill in the blanks with whatever you like, yeah, and it, and it's fine because you're not saying it's exactly like a a particular place. You are having that fantasy element, the character design being what it is, the strange relationship you have, um, that you have, you know, a robot butler, and yet yeah, also, and your sibling is, as you said, a cloaked figure. It yeah, it, it's a world that feels adjacent to our our own. You know, in that way, the way that the best fantasy sort of stuff does work. So yeah, I, I think that that is definitely a great thing to look at with this game is that you are getting a youthful perspective that is aware that of um, those things that could normally bog that down. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I, I'm there's a maturity there hidden within it that I think is definitely appreciated. For sure. Sure. So, yeah, that was a, a fantastic little game to start us off, I think. Uh, before, obviously, we go into the next bit, we're going to have a very apt short break. Okay, welcome back. We are on to our second pick of the week. And this is Something in the Woods by Mick, which is M-I-K. Uh, in this game, you are a police officer who stumbles upon a curiously quiet situation in the woods where people have suddenly vanished and there's tales of something in the woods. <laughs> now, that's fairly standard, as we've uh, often talked about with these games. You know, I made that sort of line at the beginning saying, you know, how many games have we covered where... Somebody goes into the woods and something is wrong. And to be fair, the hit rate with these games tends to be quite good. Maybe it's just yeah. because I quite like games in the woods. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, it is genuinely a good source of horror on so many levels. Um, But in this case, it's not one where you're getting the off-used thing of like VHS filter, found footage maybe, that sort of thing. It It's just like a low-poly old school style game you know um very swiftly put together in terms of like how it goes from one point to the next yeah i think the playtime is put at 10 minutes and uh, one of those where you know the eager thing early on is to say put your headphones on you must play this with headphones and true you should um so yeah early in you literally just you have pulled up to a gas station to get your coffee like that and you go in and get your coffee you know Without even trying, you can basically sort of glance across and see that where the cashier should be, there's a blood pile. And I love the audacity of this game early on. They're like, you know what? Hmm, there's some blood behind the counter. Best follow this. 
like that. And it was only because I hadn't really read the description properly the first time. I didn't realize we were a police officer. And like, yeah. So it was kind of odd. That like, why? Why would you follow why the blood? <laughs> yeah. And then when they pull the gun out, as they get through seeing like the scene of someone who's basically been mutilated in the back and they just followed the blood trail out into the woods behind the place. I was like, oh, it's good. he's got a gun. He's prepared. And so I came back to the description. I was like, oh, now that makes sense. Okay, that, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so it is just a lot of sort of aimless wandering up very low-res polygonal uh, wooded hills, hearing the odd noise in the background. Some great use of noise again in this one. And just you find like abandoned campsite and uh, you know notes that say, you know, things they've seen and heard you know keep getting these hints of something that is in the woods and you know if you're an idiot like me the first time you you'd be shooting bullets and for some reason that means the gun doesn't end up working after a while um and (laughs) so by the time i did actually encounter something because sorry put a gun in my hand in a game like this where i didn't expect it i'm gonna go are there bullets I have to check like that. You don't, you know, I think this is one, there's only one way to be sure. That's it. Yeah. And I think um, on next week's episode, we've got a, a similar thing. It's like uh, the, mm-hmm. the lack of bullets has to be tested. <laughs> like, yep. And, and you're always proven to be stupid for doing so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the moment was made even better though, because of that, you know, when you do finally meet the thing that uh, is being referenced throughout this, you know, and, you just see it in the distance and it's a humanoid figure and you're like is it something am i actually seeing that or is it something else and the closer you get the more you realize that it is something and like the dawning realization was straight away for me was like did i waste all my bullets like that and of course click was the click was the first sound i heard uh upon doing that and then that thing just sort of came at me and was like yeah wild as hell and yeah, that, that was a really cool moment, I must say. Um, yeah, but, but you yeah, know, obviously came back and did different things. But for 10 minutes of this experience, you know, where it's very self-explanatory, we've seen this sort of story beat done before. To be fair, most of the time, this beat ends in some sort of jump scare or like very final act. Whereas here, it's, it's drawn out in a nicer way like that. And... Um, you have the illusion of like you know, some power of the situation with that gun, which I think is a really smart choice. Yeah, it, it's you know it knows to pace itself very well. You know, I think it is that perfect sort of ten minute slice where it's like get everything in there, get it told, short story style, boom. And you know, it, we've said this so many times. If these games understand their time limits. Not either a trying to artificially inflate it to get to ten minutes by having some simple concept, or b they are just taking all their ideas and trying to stuff it into ten minutes, like and it not quite working. Then you know you do end up getting these wonderful titles that just hit that sweet spot and just do everything exactly how they do. You know, so while I should be numb to the idea of doing another game in the woods like that. I think, as with any horror, there, there's variation on a theme, and I think it just does enough for me where I'm like, yeah, I like what it's going for. bit different to a lot of the things we've seen 
in recent times within the woods. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I was very much into it. How did it sort of go with you though? I think this will certainly not be the last game set in the woods that one of us picks no. because that's definitely <laughs> one of those one of those categories that or settings rather that I think definitely resonates with both of us. Mm. Um, and continually, we keep finding devs that are giving some imparting some type of creativity on that very familiar setting and the sort of tropes that go along with that. And, you know, for something in the woods, I was really surprised by the empowerment of being given a weapon right from the front, right from the start, right? Because I I can't remember a great deal of horror bites where you actually have combat or you have a weapon of some sort, a means of defense, which being given that right out of the gate, you might be thinking, well, if you have that empowerment, then is it still able to obtain the same level of tension or pacing or build up in these things that so many of these games do. And I was really surprised that that's still the case, despite the fact that you have that gun, right? Mm. The gun doesn't really change anything uh, for the better, I think, because if it did, then all of a sudden you're on this power trip kind of thing. And then it's like, oh, I don't really give a shit about the howling noises or the bodies appearing because I'll just blow whatever I see away. Um, And I think that that was really impressive from a sound design aspect, but also just for an experience that's so short and it's such a limited environment, it is paced really well. Like you come across a campsite, you find a body here, you find a body there type of thing, but everything's spread out just enough that it doesn't feel like you're kind of rushing to the scares of this experience. And, you know, not to the extent that you did, but I definitely popped off a few shots just to see like, oh, is there going to be a reticle or a, um, an ammo counter? Or like, am I going to be able to reload? So when I got to that reveal at the end, and you have that creature like turn around and basically dash at you, which like completely caught me off guard. Cause again, it was the type of thing when you start to go into experiences that have some familiar aspects, yeah. you begin to like make certain assumptions about what's going to happen. So when you get thrown that curveball and combat is a factor, all of a sudden you're like scrambling and then, you know, you miss the first time you hit it once and Oh, one bullet's not good enough. And all of a sudden I'm down to one bullet and had to kind of like run back and try to escape or do this or that. Um, but I would say also like one thing that I was appreciative of that most of these games that are set in the woods don't do is that the obvious thing is to like set them and, you know, midnight where it's pitch black out mm. and this takes place at dusk. And again, like having some light, it stopped a majority of something in the woods, even though you have a flashlight, it's not terribly dark. So you mm. can navigate fairly easily. But again, the fact that you can see and it's not overly reliant on shadows or obscuring your vision and it's still tense and it's still an unsettling atmosphere of the woods yeah um it's just i think a testament to a level of polish and understanding of the setting that and i i didn't look into it but is this the developer's first game sorry to put you on the spot but (laughs) it seemed like um a developer that has one or two projects under their belt because again this had the wherewithal to be paced perfectly for the time length of you know 10 minutes yeah they've done a few so yeah. um, I think it's only the second one they've done with this sort of style, you know. So before that, it's very much early browser sort of uh, simplistic game. So yeah, this is, a, I would say, a sophomore effort in this style. And I think that this project is indicative of somebody that has more than one or two projects under their belt, mm. uh, regardless of the style, because they do understand the overall pacing, I think, of a truncated experience, you know, that has these... Uh, time distinctions but yeah something in the woods i think for probably a premise that i was 
going into assuming that I knew how this was going to play out mm. and the fact that it was able to make this refreshing and still, you know, fairly tense uh, was definitely a, uh, a credit to that developer because it Absolutely. was memorable in more ways than one. Absolutely was. Okay, so I, I think we're going to wrap things up for now. But as ever, if you're a developer of an indie horror game, demo, concept, or game jam entry, we'd love to hear from you. So you can drop us a DM at Safer in Pod on... <laughs> this is going to be difficult from now on, isn't it? That thing that used to be Twitter. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or saferinpod at gmail.com for email. Which might be simpler, to be fair. Because it won't change. Um, <laughs> like to be highlighted or interviewed on the show. Uh, you can also head to the DMs or at horrorbytes underscore SR on, on Twitter if you'd like to be promoted there. Uh, Jay, pleasure as always. Um, we will see you next week. In the meantime, we'll keep on searching for more Horrorbytes. Bye.